0: Everyone, this is Melanie Hempy, and I want to welcome you to the Screen Strong Families podcast. Every week, we equip you with what you need to move from being at the mercy of screens to a family that is Screen Strong. If you are new, welcome. We are so glad that you are here. If you are a returning listener, thank you for coming. We want to further equip you to be confident that you are doing your job well as a Screen Strong parent. So today, I'm going to open quickly before I introduce our guest with my little story. I want to start with a statement, and I want to just say that gaming is a serious issue. I think sometimes we think, like I used to think, that it's just a game. It's just fun. It's really not that big big of a deal, and our kids are going to outgrow any bad habits that they have, but it is a really, really serious issue, and I want you to think about that today. Out of our four children, you know, we struggle the most with our oldest son, Many of y'all already know that. And I remember just so clearly when we were going through the struggle that I did not want to be a controlling mom, so I let him game. I wanted Adam to learn how to regulate his gaming by himself, so I let him game some more. I was afraid of setting too many limits. I didn't want him to not like me, (laughs) so I let him game. I wanted him to be smart and learn all about computers, so I let him continue to game, and I wanted him to have a lot of friends. I think that's sort of this desire that a lot of parents have, that they want their kids to have a lot of friends and be popular. So I thought, well, this is a really great thing for him to get on this video game, but I learned the hard way that you can't change science, and my son was not able to resist the pull, and you know, if you know our story, that he went to college and did drop out that first year, because he decided to game instead of going to class, so I think that's a pretty common thing for a lot of kids. He was doing exactly what his brain was conditioned to do, and that's how I raised him, and that's what his habits had been formed around. I'm a nurse, and one t- one time I remember in the hospital, I had a 12-year-old patient. It was a boy, and he was going under general anesthetic. So we were in the OR, and we were all prepping him, getting ready. We had our whole medical team there. And he was explaining to me with the other nurses that he was not going to sleep, <laughs> And so we said, no, honey, you're going to go to sleep. It's going to be fine. And you'll wake up and you won't remember anything. <laughs> and he said, oh, no, 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 I, I'm i going to fight it. I'm not giving in to that anesthesia. <laughs> and so I said, oh, OK, well, you could try. But this is a drug and the drug will win every time. And I know it's not a perfect c- comparison to gaming, but it kind of is a little bit and And that, you know, actually, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I remember in that same OR that we used to give the kids handheld Game Boys. You remember what those were, the Game Boys? And we would give them those in the pre-op area. In fact, sometime we didn't even have to give them their pre-op meds. We would give them the the Game Boy and that would distract them to the point where we could start their IVs and do different things that we were doing. So anyway, you can't fight it. Ultimately, the science is going to win every time, and it's not your fault. If you don't want to be put to sleep, then maybe don't go in the OR. But this is kind of what happened to our oldest son. He he got caught in the gaming uh, anesthesia, I guess. And what's so funny is we used to say, oh my gosh, Adam's in his gaming coma. We even refer to it as that. Today, I'm so happy for our show. We have a college-age student who is going to talk to us about video games. So how... Fitting is this? I'm so excited to have Jackson West. He's going to share his story. Welcome, Jackson, to our show.
1: Hi, I'm so happy to be on.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad that you're here. Um, yeah. This is such a treat because normally we talk to parents and experts and doctors and all. So we just want to hear from the horse's mouth what's happening in today's world with video games. But why don't we start just with your story? Give us a little background about your story and kind of growing up and your experience with video games.
1: Yeah. So I grew up in a super small town and small population-wise, small everything-wise, super rural, not a lot to do. So when I was growing up and I got that first taste of the game when I was like seven, eight, it's just kind of literally hacked my brain and it robbed me of my youth almost. I still had other experiences, but I remember for at least a solid 10 probably 10 years of my life well at least at least 3 it was completely ruled by video games cuz yeah. i remember that's all i wanted to do especially when i was way younger especially in the beginning stages cuz you know that part of your brain just hasn't even developed yet you don't realize that there's things more exciting outside of the game you can't comprehend that the part of your brain that regulates addictions and self control and so much that's not there at all yet that develops later on in life. And so when you have something that's so stimulating, that's just firing everything in your brain, you're going to be hooked. And there's nothing else that is as enjoying and rewarding than the video games. And that's how it's going to be. There's no moderation the, in your younger years at least. So now I can do moderation because I realize how bad it can be for me. Yeah. But in your younger years, there's no moderation. That's really the worst part because it just hacks your brain. It hacks your evolutionary biology. It makes you think that this is what I need to do to survive. It's giving me the this firing the most chemicals in my brain.
0: Yeah, it kind of is like that story I just told about being in the OR, you know, with the anesthesia. It's you can't really fight it. So explain a little bit about that. Like, do you do you remember when you started gaming?
1: So I started off on web browser games, and that was probably before I was ten. That was probably around like I had to have been first or second grade, and that's when I got the first taste, and I, I was I was hooked. I didn't have anything really like serious to game on though. It was just my parents' laptop. Yeah, and then when Minecraft came out, that was a huge thing. Cause Minecraft's really fun, but it. <laughs> really took over my life there for about 3 years I'd how say does, how
0: does that happen how how do you remember like was it like just a pain to have to like get up and go eat dinner with your family like did you want to cuz my son always said that he he said his whole world was just the virtual world like he he really yeah. got bugged when he had to do something in the real world Well
1: you know when you're that young you don't really have like you don't really realize how much fun in the real world there is yet because you've got your parents and your parents tell you what to do, yada, yada, yada. And you think that that's annoying, maybe. And you don't really have a lot of friends. Like, you might have friends, but it's like it's not on your own terms. You can't go hang out with them whenever you want. When you've got a computer in the household, that's the funnest thing. It's the the only thing that's stimulating you because it's, it's so much more stimulating than anything else going on in your life.
0: You, know, you don't have anything else to measure it by is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. The your scale is skewed because you haven't experienced enough light and enough life yet. Yeah, it just hacked my brain. I remember as soon as I booted up Minecraft and realized all the possibilities, the endless fun I could have, I just realized that there was so much <laughs> that I needed to do in Minecraft and how lame real world was. <laughs> and then it just kept on upgrading. Then my parents eventually caved and let me buy a PC. I built it, but and it just ruled my life for the next four years because I was just gaming with my friends all the time. Like I had good grades and everything. I still have good grades. But um, I think it has definitely robbed me of a lot of my time for sure and a lot of necessary development. Because nowadays, even though I'd say that I've overcome it because I realize now I have friends and there's, I realize that there's so much more stuff to do outside of video games that's way funner. Real social interaction, way funner than video games. And I mean, I came to that realization a while ago, but I would still retreat to the games. Yeah. Yeah, I think probably the most detrimental thing about it is that it makes you complacent. Because like if you looked at it 40 years ago, if somebody was bored in their house, they would have to either suck it up, be curious around the world around them, find a way to entertain themselves. Or go out and find people to hang out with. Mm-hmm. Force, force yourself to build up social skills, build up everything you know. When you have something that can entertain you, keep you occupied, like a video game or TikTok or whatever, you are allowed to stay complacent, and you can just stay there forever until you start feeling depressed because it's like. Why do I feel like this? Like I'm just lying around all day. What could it possibly be? I don't hang out with anybody. I barely have any social skills because for the past 4 years I've been playing video games. Why am I feeling depressed, you know? Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people have come to that. I mean, mental illness is really on the rise, same with suicide rates, and there's so many studies that link technology abuse of every I say technology because it's really everything yeah. it's not just video games video games is one of the, the worst there's lots of studies that link that to mental health issues and I mean it just it logically follows I mean if you're not gonna if you're gonna sit in your house all day and just play online then you're not gonna wanna go out and develop those skills and then four years down the road when everybody else has developed those skills you're not gonna have them and then you're, you're gonna be a fish out of water I feel like maybe that was your son maybe mm-hmm. when he college. He didn't really know everybody else was doing stuff. And then he didn't really have the necessary foundation to be able to acclimate to the college culture. And he was just like, screw it. I'm just going to retreat to my room and play video games.
0: Yeah. It's really interesting that you, you said that because, you know, like a minute ago, you were talking about you had good grades. Well, so did Adam. Adam had and still does have, he's really good grades. So I never, from a parent perspective, that was sort of my test. Like, Oh, his grades are good. So he must be fine. Right. I'm sure your parents kind of thought the same thing, but what happened, he said that he did go to, when he went to college that first semester, you know, he did the drill, he went to class and then he thought, Oh, this is kind of easy. (laughs) It's easier than he thought it was going to be. So then he just got back into his old habits. And we know that medically speaking and you're, I'm sure very aware of this too that when you build habits when you're a child it's very hard to undo those because your brain isn't quite developed yet when you're a child and so all those pathways that get used um are getting trained and worked and cemented over and so by the time yeah. you start to hit 25 or later, all that starts to get kind of ingrained and it's very yeah. hard, just like it's very hard for an adult to learn a foreign language. It's not that they can't, it's just easier when you are a child. So how old are you right now and what year of college are you in?
1: I'm a sophomore, I'm 19.
0: Okay. So you're you're not quite there yet as far as your final, final neuronal connections in your frontal cortex, but you're definitely... Yeah you know, more mature than you were when you were 10. (laughs) And so we hope, right. But you were just saying it was so insightful, what you just said about how it was robbing you of time and development. Because I think, I think that you're right. I think like with Adam, when he went to college, he was, his roommate was a very heavy gamer as well. And so they both tended to just retreat a lot to their room and game. And then that roommate didn't make it and he ended up leaving after the first semester. So then it's very hard when you lose a roommate. Right. And so then he just kept gaming because his gaming world was his comfortable place. And that's where he was just used to spending his time. But then he just quit going to classes.
1: Yeah. It makes you complacent.
0: Yeah. Explain that. Why does it do that?
1: It makes you be okay with other facets in your life not necessarily going so well like maybe somebody doesn't have a lot of real life friends or something they're okay with that because they can jump into the gamer world and still have fun 40 years ago nobody could do that you would you're forced to make friends that's what i mean when i say it makes you complacent because it makes you being it makes you okay with not having other areas in your life doing so well you know yeah
0: Yeah. Yeah. So explain then what happened with you when you were young, you started the Minecraft thing. I I hear a lot about that. Now it's kind of Fortnite, but um, Minecraft is definitely the drug of choice back in your day, which wasn't that long ago. And even though a lot of people think there's a lot of good things about Minecraft, it still has that same anesthesia pull (laughs) where it draws you in. and. How did you then – did you feel like that was sort of a gateway to other games after that point? Because I assume oh, it's sometime you you sometime you stop playing that and start doing something else.
1: Yeah, 100% it was a gateway because uh Minecraft's one of those games that's it's blocky. So it's easier to for computers to run. So I could run it on my mom's MacBook. And that was one of the few games that you actually download that you can run on a MacBook. And um, – that's And then like a couple of years down the road, I started getting a little bit bored of Minecraft. And I was like, okay, it's time to upgrade, get a big, beefy PC where I can play all these crazy new games coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely a gateway.
0: Hmm. And then what did you play after that?
1: Um, mainly online games with my friends. Mm-hmm. And that was another thing because it almost took over my social life because I made friends with dorks just like me I'm a dork I mm-hmm. love being a dork I love being a nerd Sure all my friends were nerds it took over my social life because they were all barely hanging out in person and playing on the game world and I was restricted by my mom thankfully I don't know how much it did to help <laughs> maybe <laughs> not a lot but she restricted me a lot actually I was still it didn't matter I was still hooked they my friends weren't restricted and so every time I was offline I knew that they were having a blast in the game world without me. The whole day I remember just waiting until I could hop online with them. And then I was—I just had this burning sensation that I was missing out on so much because my all my friends in real life were also in the game world.
0: Yeah. So how did you describe those friendships? I
1: still I'm still friends with all those people today. It's great friendships. There's nothing inherently wrong with a friendship. It's mainly just the technology that kind of hacks it and warps it. I remember I had so much fun. Mm-hmm. That was the only reason I was doing it. <laughs> yeah. so I was having a lot of fun. But now I realize how detrimental it was. One thing that I want to talk about is how it's changed me today. Because I don't think it's really um, – like obviously I'm, I'm here now and I'm talking about my experience. I can't have been – I didn't drop out of college. right? I can't have been that affected by it. But I think I really am. I still feel that that like itching feeling of boredom a lot of the time, unless I'm doing something like socializing or like walking somewhere. Unless I have a mission, right? It's almost like I'm still in the video game. Unless I have a mission to do, I'm bored. I don't know if that's attributed. I don't know if everybody is like that. I talk to people, like I just can't sit still sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I might. I like to attribute it to video games because. Mm-hmm it makes a lot of sense cuz mm-hmm. i was growing up playing the game doing the missions and now i still just need that kind of right you know but what i've done now is i've redirected that boredom into stuff that's good for me right i've started working out a lot that's leveling up in real life <laughs> right instead <laughs> yeah. of in the video. yeah and that's really good i'm fully entertained when i'm working out cuz i'm feeling good. I'm lifting the weights. It's great. And then I also make music on my computer. That's a mission. When yeah. I'm, I'm I'm, like, I got to finish the music. I got to finish the, the song. That's a lot of fun for me. Yeah, I think that at, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. That's what we need to do is replace the video games. I thought it was the end of the world when my mom was, was going to take away my stuff because I didn't have a lot of friends to hang out with like in person, or I felt like I didn't, at least. I didn't have a lot of outside activities to do because I resisted doing that because I wanted to play more video games because I knew if I was doing <laughs> outside activities, I wouldn't be on the game as much. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. You need to replace the video game addiction with something because that's what it is. It's just a, it's a bottomless pit of leveling up for no reason.
0: It provides a goal of some sort and yeah. a purpose and I say of some sort because it's what is really the purpose I mean what you're describing when you work out you love that because that's a purpose and you're seeing a goal reached and you're and we're driven it's as real. human beings yeah and it's real right so and we're driven as humans we need to be purposeful and we need to be accomplished in our work and yeah I think that's one of the dangers of young boys like you gaming so much as you start thinking that that's real purpose. Yep. And then when you wake up one day and realize you have nothing to show for the 10,000 hours that you put into yep. this game, it's kind of depressing.
1: Yeah. It hacks your evolutionary biology. It's, convinces us that that's what we need to do to survive. This is what we're supposed to do because it fires all the chemicals and right. tells our brain that this is what's good for us is what we're supposed to be doing.
0: Yeah. And it triggers that fight flight in your brain, in your limbic area of your brain. And you really do feel like you're on a mission and you feel like you're doing. It's just fascinating how it replaces that. And it, it just, I'm I'm just so sad for all the kids out there that are like you too, you know, and my son that wasted so many fun years and it's not that it was all horrible and bad. It was just such a replacement for other things that like my son says, he wish he had his, his 10,000 hours back because that's about yeah. what he spent on his game. And um, and the other thing he told me is that he just feels like he doesn't have a lot of good memories of childhood. And yeah. you you may kind of Feel like that a little bit too. Talk about yeah. that a little bit. Just if you had to do it again, you know, what would you do different?
1: You know, I honestly wouldn't change anything. Uh, that's almost not the answer that you would have expected. Mm-hmm. But now technology has gotten to the point where it rules everybody's lives. Mm-hmm. And especially with TikTok, everything, right? I experienced, I got thrown into the deep end when I was younger. And then in my later years when I started feeling, why am I feeling depressed? Why, you know, like because I didn't have time to like build up all these skills in real life. I, since I was thrown into the deep end, I was forced to figure it out just recently. Uh And some people who did it it in moderation, they're still going up and they're still becoming more and more addicted. And I kind of realized how bad it was for me and I just cut it out. And have been have been thriving in other areas because of that.
0: How did how did you realize that? What was your defining moment? Did you uh, have something happen, or
1: truly just really bad mental illness, just truly depression? And like, what am I gonna do with my life? Yeah, you know, I thought I was bad at everything because I played too many video games. I thought I, I wasn't gonna be, I wasn't fit for society, and then that's when I was like, okay. I can't play anymore i have to focus on other s- stuff that makes me happy and other stuff that furthers my goals in the future yeah and that's because i hit rock bottom that's what really got me wow and i think that's why i say i wouldn't change anything because without the previous years i wouldn't be at the place where i am today where yeah. i can survive in the day and age where everybody's on their phone TikTok, yeah. playing video right. games because they haven't hit rock bottom yet because they didn't do it as young. I don't know. Maybe they didn't come to the realization as much as early.
0: Yeah. Early. Yeah. So you, when you hit rock bottom, describe that, what does that look like?
1: I mean, just extremely depressed. Mm-hmm. And that was recently, that was like, that was after my first year of college. And I did fine in my first year of college. I had a good, above 3.0 GPA, but in the later Half of my second semester, I started feeling really. I was playing a lot of games, and I just started feeling really depressed. And um, it was mainly because I didn't know what I was going to do with my life going Mm. forward, and I didn't believe in myself going forward. And a lot of the reason of why I didn't believe in myself was because I believe that I played too many video games and I'm unfit to do anything. Right. Because I play so much video games I'm useless like that's what I thought huh. and now I've wisened up in, enough to realize that oh I'm not useless I'm just, I am just have issues just like everybody else yeah and that really like put me at rock bottom and then of course I had uh, my I love my parents so much and I have a huge support network I've got therapy and everything and everybody helped me realize that there's so much more to look forward to wow and one of the things I had to do was just cut out the needlessly leveling up in video games, focus on stuff that's good for me and makes me happy.
0: Yeah. I think what you did is you got a little more mature, you know, and you started looking back and reflecting and realizing what am I doing? I don't have anything, like you said, like to show for all this. And when you're young, you don't have the frontal cortex ability, that frontal judgment yet is not in place and you're living in this, Low effort, high reward world where yeah. you feel extremely excited about just this minute to minute, you know, excitement. Like you're not thinking about what am I going to do with my life, you know? Yeah, 100%, yeah.
1: I, I felt like for the longest time in my life, I was just put postponing all those hard decisions. The games allowed me to postpone it because it allowed me to just retreat and be complacent. Like I said,
0: yeah the games did exactly what they were designed to do. That's that's exactly what they're designed. There's nothing wrong with you. And this is what I finally realized with our situation in our home was it wasn't Adam's fault. It wasn't like there was something wrong with him. It was just, he was reacting exactly the way the attention engineers built the game like they built it that Mm -hmm. way. And it's just like that little boy in the OR trying to tell me that he is not going to go to sleep when he gets his anesthesia. I was like, yes, you are. (laughs) Uh You know, it doesn't matter if you think you're not because you are. And that's how games are when you came along and the way the games are right now. And, you know, Pac-Man, maybe not, you know, years ago when we had Pac-Man at the arcade, but it's very different. It's definitely extremely different now. What would you say to a parent who might be listening who's got a 12-year-old son and they see their son going down this path probably even even more extreme than you cuz every year that goes by it's it seems harder cuz the games are getting more and more and more immersive. Yeah. So would you encourage them to just pull the plug and start introducing new things because obviously he's not going to be able to do it on his own.
1: Introducing new things 1 million percent. That's the most important thing. Because like I said before, like if you don't have anything else, you just got to replace it with something. So like if you're playing so many video games and then all of a sudden you're just sitting in your house, you're going to still want to play video games and you're just going to be depressed because you can't play video games. Yeah. You need to replace that, have another outlet, be it sports, be it clubs, whatever organization, whatever friends get, try to get, I don't know. It's a friends is a hard thing because it's, you can't really force it, but like.
0: You can increase the odds though. You yeah. can, you can have things at your house and you know, we have four children. So my younger two boys, we decided that we were going to have a game free home. Like I was over it. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> so it was like, okay, guys, your brother did all this. We're not doing it. And they, they actually, would tell you even back then that they they agreed to a certain point because they saw it, you know, yeah,
1: they realized what well, they just didn't want to do it. themselves. Yeah, they, they
0: just it. realized they watch what happened to their brother. And so I think that really helped. But um, so we do have a game free home now. And, yeah. you know, it's a great option. I mean, I think that a lot of times people say, Well, if you don't let your kids play all this stuff, you know, like like you did, and like my oldest son did when they were young, when he was younger, that when they go to college, they're going to binge and go crazy. And I'd love for you to address that because um, what 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 is your thought on that? I mean, if you had not been allowed to game, do you think you would have gone nuts in college and gamed every minute?
1: Probably, because I felt I would have I would have still been stuck. I don't know. I can't say though. I can't say though. I think it was probably it might have been it might be fifty fifty. There's so many variables, right? Yeah. Because my first year of college was somewhat bumpy. It was kind of uncertain, just like a lot of people's first year in college.
0: Sure.
1: And like, who's to say that if I didn't play a lot of games and I went to college and I found a group of friends that I do really fun stuff with all the time, immediately that I love so much, yeah. then I wouldn't care about the games at all. Right. Maybe. But then if I didn't find those, then maybe I would have gamed a lot.
0: Well, if you had learned how to, you know, play ultimate Frisbee or um, you ran cross country or you did a bunch of stuff when you were in high school and then you went to college, you you would probably seek those same things out. I mean, that's typically what we see. Yeah.
1: Everybody needs hobbies. Everybody needs something that they can go back to and do with either themselves or other people. Mm -hmm. and it's just like gaming is such a big hobby that can suck up nearly every like a lot of people today their one hobby is gaming
0: (laughs) you do hit a point where that's just kind of lame after a while so if you were sitting and if you were speaking in front of a group of um, parents of middle school kids and they were they were making a decision are we going to make gaming a number one thing in our life are we going to have him sign up for uh you know swim lessons or some other social thing or maybe music or whatever what would you say to that parent like to those groups to that group of parents what would you say to them
1: so one thing that i would say that i think is really extremely important there's no moderation when you're younger when there when you're a kid there's no moderation i think what that when when the what the parents need to say is that they need, to, they need to keep it real with their kid and say, hey, look, you can't moderate now. Once you do all this other stuff that's good for you and good for the family, good for everything, like extracurricular activities, whatever, once you do all this other stuff, when you get older, when you, when you get out of the house and you can game a little bit if you want to, that gives them a little bit of hope at the end of the tunnel, right? Yeah. Because they're still in the gamer headspace. That's why I had good grades because my mom always had the threat to, of the banhammer. I remember that's one of the reasons I was like – I was doing the test. I was like, better get a good grade so that mom still lets me game. Yeah.
0: But if you had grown up without it being an option, if it just uh-huh. wasn't a thing, like if you grew up doing all these outdoor things and, you know, had a mountain bike. Well,
1: you know, I, the thing is, is I did all that. I did the mountain because my parents were good and they restricted me. But even, like I said, there's no moderation, even the little bit of game. I was mountain b- biking. I was just waiting to be done with the yes. mountain bike to, so I could get back on the game. I w- used to build forts and stuff. It was it was fun, sure. But yeah. then the entire time I was just thinking about how I could have more fun gaming. So,
0: So that's why you're saying that makes so much sense. That's why you're saying no moderation in that age because it's – this weird all or nothing brain thing that happens. Yeah.
1: And it's just like a, it's a drug.
0: And and when you're that young, you don't realize it at all. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and yeah, that's the thing is the there is light at the end of the tunnel once you have all this other stuff figured out. I have faith that if everybody has a great group of friends that they hang out with all the time and have fun with, not even it doesn't even have to be a group, just friends. Everybody needs friends. Yes. And some sort of extracurricular activity or some sort – yeah, some sort of extracurricular activity that you can have fun with and build, develop skills with and put time and effort into. If everybody has that, I'm a firm believer that they're not going to get hooked to video games if they're older.
0: Yeah. If you're
1: older and your brain's a little bit more developed, you've matured a little bit. If you have everything else, you're not – you're going to be less interested in video games.
0: Right. Because
1: – you realize that there's other stuff that is better and more fun.
0: And you're going to have more purpose.
1: Yeah, there's purpose. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So can you just briefly describe the difference like now that you're a sophomore in college and your brain's a little more developed and you're making friends and I'm sure you're meeting all kinds of people. um, Making a friend in real life kind of versus being in middle school, making that friend on online, like making friends now, in-person friends versus online friends. I mean, I know that you were friends with your online friends, but what is the difference in that face-to-face experience versus the...
1: Yeah, the real-life social experience, so much more rewarding and good for your health Mm -hmm. than um, the online experience, obviously. I mean, just seeing there, being there and smiling with somebody, laughing with somebody, give and take you guys are both making each other laugh it's 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 great it's 10 times better than what you're going to get in the video game i mean because mm-hmm. the video game it's you're there because of the video game you're not there because of the other person when you're when you're there because you want to hear what wh- another person has to say it's a beautiful thing who would have thought socializing <laughs> but you know
0: <laughs> do you think Boys in general struggle more than girls with video games? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think boys are socialized at a young age to not be in touch with their emotions as much and not talk about stuff that's like in – stuff that might be bugging them, right? It's a lot easier for boys to become – I feel I feel like especially in this day and age, it's a lot easier for boys to become antisocial because mm-hmm. they don't really – I feel like girls on average are – from a very young age, socialized to be very well socially integrated and have a lot of fun socially and stuff. And boys, not as much, and especially now that boys play more video games and because they just become complacent then and don't even have time to develop those skills.
0: Yeah. So even though they're talking to their friends online, it's, it's very different from when they're actually getting together in person. It's not a
1: replacement whatsoever. It's, there's nothing wrong with online friends inherently, but if you're replacing all your social interaction in real life with online interactions, not healthy at all.
0: Yeah. I love, I love the way you said that it's not a replacement for yeah. real friends and you will get to the point. I think what's fascinating that I'm learning from you that I, I say, I learned something new in every podcast that I do. And I think what's really fascinating is how you drew, you drew the truth about, as you matured and as you grew up and got to college you reflected and realized oh my gosh what am i doing this is kind of a worthless thing but you you can't have those reflective thoughts when you're 12 years old
1: yeah when you when you're sheltered and you haven't experienced any other life yet because right rightfully so you're stuck in the home i think everybody should be stuck in the home a little bit because you don't want to be exposed to so many, There's so many things you don't want to be exposed to when you're young, but like, yeah, you just don't. But that also means that you don't realize what's good for you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, as you, as you kind of hit your defining moment, you know, your, your crisis, so to speak of your depression, it was because your brain was maturing and you were starting to wake up and realize, Oh my gosh, is this it? Is this all I have? And I need to, know that i have more purpose in this life yep. right so i think that's just really fascinating how that we cannot expect that to happen to a middle schooler nope. We just can't
1: no nope. they need to they don't have enough experience and their brain isn't developed it's just not gonna happen
0: no, no. and that's why a lot of parents just in middle school kind of throw the talent and say well well you know they know best they know what they need and they know what they need to do and they they don't
1: No, they don't know what's best for themselves. It's, yeah, it's very simple when it comes to middle schoolers. They just chase things that entertain them. That's pretty much it.
0: Talk about that a minute. That's really fascinating.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The younger you are, you're just going to like stay away from things that scare you, which may be social interaction for a lot of people. And then you're going to chase things that entertain you and make you feel good, which is and this day and age, technology. I think we're our 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 generation's an experiment because nobody knows the long term effects of this, mm-hmm. especially with like like I go to restaurants. I'm sure everybody goes to restaurants and sees two year olds on their iPads, and that's like ten million times worse than anything that I did at seven at the age of twelve playing Minecraft, because. At that point in your brain's development, it's even you're learning way faster and it's even worse. And you're learning that this is life playing this iPad because everything else is boring because yeah. it's the most stimulating thing. And that's really I'm really worried to see what that generation is gonna grow up to be like, because it's even worse than my generation.
0: Well, and it's why there's already so much um, depression and anxiety in these younger kids. You know, the younger, younger ages are coming in with a lot of mental health issues. And like you said, with the two-year-olds and the three-year-olds, their goal should be at that restaurant table to be figuring out how to stack up the stacks of sugar, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Curious, curious, and then maybe they learn a little bit about physics. Hey, if I yeah. if I drop the sugar off the table, it's going to break, and that's not good. You yeah, know, they learn something. Instead, I, they're hooked to the screen, yeah. and maybe yeah, educational content, I guess, on the screen is good. But like, you can just teach your kid that you don't have to. You don't have to get an iPad. It's much more rewarding and engaging for you. You can just right. You can teach them all the stuff that they can learn on the iPad.
0: No, that's that's a fascinating truth right there. You know, you can do it the hard way or the easy way, the addicted way or the more fun family centered kind of attached way. And Uh um, yeah, you can learn a lot of things on a game, but like you say, you can also learn those same exact things in real life without a game. I, I love what you just said a second ago about kind of being sheltered. I, or whatever you, you you said that word, and I think that there is a real myth in our culture that is just perpetuated by the pro gaming world out there, maybe, or just the moms who are throwing the towel in and they're saying, "I don't want to shelter my kids, so I'm going to give them a video game." Mm-hmm. And I personally feel like it's just the opposite. I feel it like my old Feel like my oldest son was super sheltered, and my younger sons are not sheltered at all. So talk no. about that concept of sheltering your kids.
1: Well, they may be. It, it may be true that you're sheltering them, but only in the sense that you're sheltering them from this online world. In reality, the online world is it can. It's so easy to abuse, and it can be. It can be helpful, sure, but it's so easy to abuse, and sheltering them from that is way more important than having them be sheltered because they're stuck in the online world. They're sheltered from everything else when they're stuck in the online world.
0: That's a really good point. I know a lot of even 16 year old boys that don't even want to get their driver's license right now because they just love their online world. And they, they, to me that's sheltered. You you don't want to get out in the real world.
1: Yeah, for
0: sure. My, uh, younger boys that didn't have the video game, you know, they are so much more independent. And and I did the experiment. I did it one way with my oldest. I did it a different way with my youngest. And I'm not just making this up. The younger ones that aren't dependent on the game for all filling their time and whatnot, they became very independent.
1: Yeah. Because they were forced to, to learn those skills. Because they couldn't retreat back to the game.
0: I mean, they they started doing their laundry when they were in fifth grade. That was fascinating to me that, oh, <laughs> they have two hands and they work and they can actually turn the buttons on the, yeah. you know, the washing machine. And then, yeah, and then in, in high school, they started making all their like dentist appointments. And I thought, huh. That's a really independent thing to do.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, wow. I don't even make my dentist appointments. <laughs> yeah, well, good. <laughs> well, That's it, a to goal. That. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, and recently, one of them had broken a, a little bone in his hand, and he he said he made the appointment at the ortho office. He did the whole thing online, you know, made the appointment, did whatever, left school at lunch, went and got the X ray, came back, and these moms are like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Well." he just turned 18. He's fine. He can make his own, you know, ortho appointment and go get his ex. It was just fascinating to me that my, I I have really, I have just really sheltered my older son. I don't think he could have done that, (laughs) you know, because he was just growing up in his gaming world and there was no uh, motivation for him to go make a dentist appointment (laughs) for Uh sure. So, well, we're going to wrap up, but um, this has been really super fascinating talking with you, and I'm sure we're going to get more questions and would certainly maybe love to have you back for a Q&A. Um, yeah. That could be really fun. As we wrap up, can you offer just some encouragement for um, parents who are struggling with their 13, 14-year-old son who they know is gaming, you know, four or five hours a day, they need, they've dropped out of all their sport, they're trying to do a detox, we kind of have a little detox that we help them with, and, you know, can you encourage them to, you know, to not give up and to um, try to get their kids back, what would you say to encourage a, a group of moms that's really, they're really struggling
1: First, we got to cut them some slack because they're really working hard. Because I remember I was on the other side of it, my mom trying to control me, and I just know that I just didn't. I was not having it whatsoever. I was just like, I'm gonna game no matter what. Wow! You can try and stop me, but I mean, I, I never, it never got to the point where I went behind her back or anything because she always did let me game a little bit. So right, we going right, but yeah, um, just. Stay strong, really, because it's what matters most at this point. It's nothing else really matters other than that. And, and one thing is try to morph the message a bit. Say, hey, right now you can't deal with it. Maybe later down the lo- road you can play some video games, but that's way later down the road when you have your stuff figured out and you're doing other stuff. Because I genuinely have faith that what if somebody has all everything, friends, work, life balance, they're not going to want to play that many video games. People want to play that many video games when they're not happy in other facets of their life.
0: Wow. That's really good. That's really good. When you have your own family and you have your own kids, are you going to, how are you going to handle gaming with your 10 year old?
1: (laughs) That's a rough one. I have no, it's very daunting. (laughs) I don't know. Ideally, I'll keep them away from it fully
0: well we'll still be around so you can come over to screen strong and we will uh, we will help you hang in yeah. there and um and definitely uh, learn to say no early on and so they can have other really fun things in their life oh yeah thank you so much Jackson for opening up and sharing today what a blessing you have been. We appreciate it so much. And if you're out there listening and you have a story to share, or perhaps you know someone who has a story, please contact us. You can see from today how powerful these stories are. It is so important that we get the behind the scenes truth out about what screens can really do to our kids You know, I really, really wish I had had more of these stories when I was battling the parenting screen decisions back with my first son, how I wish I had more of these stories. We are so appreciative of Jackson today. Thank you for listening. What's your homework today? Well, first you want to check out our parent course it's online it's available for you so gather your friends together get your parent friends together do not go through this mess on your own you've got to get some help and you've got to try to get some friends together so you can prevent stories like you heard today and like our story and on the many many stories that are out there so do this at the beginning of the year it's a great time to start We also have a bulk rate for your school, so check that out on our website. Remember, you don't want this to be your family story. We want to help you prevent making some mistakes. The second piece of your homework is to sign up for our new year 30-day screen detox. We have a free one going on in the month of February in our online forum It is so much easier to remove toxic screens from your home when you have help and support. And so Dr. Stacy and I will be answering questions there on that forum all month. So when you are on day five of your detox, you can come in and get help. If you're having trouble in week two, we'll be there to help you. Email us at team at screenstrong.com for more information, or you can check out our Facebook page or our site and get more information to look how to sign up for that. And the third thing is to share this podcast. Please share this podcast. It's a perfect way to break the ice with friends and begin to create that village that you so desire right now when your kids are needing other peers and friends to walk through this with them. And you need other parent peers as well. So share this podcast. Like I said, it's a good way to make an introduction into the Screen Strong lifestyle. Remember, we've got your back and we are here to help you figure it out. So until next time, stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd and stay strong.